Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you like to have covered, we're always checking your comments on there and love to be able to take your feedback and then get them on the future episodes. Today, we're going to be talking about the border convoy, which we've seen on the news um, about a bunch of truckers and, and people that are going to be heading towards the border. And our guest today, he's been on before. He's a diesel truck enthusiast and a trucker himself. And I wanted to ask him what he's heard in his circles and, and what his opinion is on it. Definitely looking forward to the chat. But before we get to it, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 40% off MSRP code for you. If you use code 2024diesel40 at kershaw.kaiusa.com, it's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're in the market for a new knife or hunting, fishing, EDC around the job site, they've definitely got you covered with a whole bunch of different choices to meet any budget. Um, you can pick different blade steels, blade shapes, handle designs. So definitely make sure, head on over, use code diesel or 2024diesel40 at kershaw.kaiusa.com and save some money. All right, let's get to today's podcast and talking about the border convoy. How you been, Rustin? Long time no talk, but I have always enjoyed our conversations over the years. And uh, there's a lot going on. I, I thought it'd be cool to catch up with you. We haven't chatted in a while. And then get your opinions on some things that are going on with uh, the border convoy. Maybe we get into some Tesla trucks, some other trucking things that affect a lot of people. You know, even if if uh, you know we, we have a pickup truck, we're still you know interested in all things diesel. So welcome back to the podcast. Look forward to talking with you. Hey, thank you, and well, hello, Diesel Nation. And before we get started, anything I say does not reflect on any of this channel or any other channels or the platforms that they're on. So if you want to hold anybody accountable, hold it to me, get a hold of me. However, what platform you're on, I'm there. Uh, I'm even unfortunately on TikTok of all things. I went in <laughs> kicking and screaming. I did not want to do it, but I digress. How you doing, brother? Good to see good, you. Good. That's why I like having you on because you have uh, you have strong opinions and you think them through and um, sometimes play devil's advocate and make us think about you know other other things. I wanted to I wanted to start with the major one because I, I I know a little bit from things that I've read and and seen, but with the border convoy and the, the trucker convoy and these um, you know people who are going down to Texas, Arizona, California. I'm sure you may know some of these guys. Maybe they're you know have, have chatted with you. But what do you hear on on your end with the convoy? So. From what I understand, so we got San Ysidro, uh, Yuma, Arizona, uh, and uh, Eagle, not Eagle Point, what is it called? Um, Eagle Pass? Eagle Pass, thank you. Uh, they're all going to head to Eagle Pass. I think the West Coast people are going to stop at Yuma, but there might be some that will keep on going. And it's supposed to be a peaceful protest. Um, they're going to have their spots laid out where they're going to park. They're going to try and keep it as low-key as possible, kind of like what happened in D.C. the last time around, how that kind of petered out. But then again, they had the federal government on their tail and did not want them doing what happened over in Ontario, Canada. So 
they weren't going to allow that. And they basically told them, we'll pull your numbers, we'll pull your rigs, we'll pull everything. And that kind of changed things up on, on them a little bit because this is their livelihood. Uh, so I don't know what is in store for them when they get there. Uh, but as far as I know, it's not just truckers. It's people that have a chance to get an RV or anything like that. And since you live in Colorado, you might want to drive down there and do a live cast just to see for yourself, brother. Uh, so I'm challenging you to you to do that, and it would be it would be uh, very good for your channel channel, I believe, if you did that. For so, yeah, something I'll have to uh, have to to toss around. I know when I mentioned this to some friends of mine, they're like, "What are you What are you talking about? I haven't heard of this this convoy." For people who are listening, maybe they haven't heard of it. They don't know what it is or why people are gathering to drive down to the border. What is it mm-hmm. about? So the, the convoy is they're protesting against uh, the mass migration of uh, illegal aliens. And I know that's not the right term to use. They want us to use migrants uh, because they are migrant workers. They are literally, I think what we need to look into is they have been marketed to in their own countries to come up to the United States and change their situation and become uh, productive members of our society by being the workers. That's what they're told. That's what I've learned. Um, but at the same time, because they, they're so large swaths of them coming in, we're not ready for them. It's not being done properly in order to get these people in, get them ready for our society. They're just being dropped off by whatever coyote uh, or however, or just being in mass, mass marches walking through. Uh, they, you get, so you got Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. They got all kinds of issues trying to deal with them. They've, I think they last year they had over. Or was it this month? Maybe it was 300,000 people just this month or last month. No, last month. Last month, 300,000 people crossed over illegally. But they do have, there are ways for them to do it um, legally, whereas all they have to do is say that they're, uh, there is a certain phrase that they have to say in order, and and they got, there's like quite a few different outposts they can go into uh, that allows them to legally just walk through as asylum seekers uh, so to speak but if we look at the whole big picture from what i'm seeing uh they're being marketed to being sent over there's people paying tens of twenty thousand dollars just to try and get over to the border because they know that their degree and everything they're going to get a management position over here in the states granted they're not going to get the kind of money that they would get for that position here if they were part of the united states but not only are they saving the company, but they're making a little bit of money and they do it a little bit better than most Americans do because they come from a country that doesn't have the economy we have. They have a bit of more of an inflation problem we have. So whatever money they send home to their family, because they're very family oriented, they're going to do well. When they're done with their 15 years here, they go back home and they live quite well. So I, I don't fault them for doing that because that's the way our system is broken and allowed that to happen. That's actually on top of our Congress and our senators that have, including whatever president and leaders, whether they were voted in or they were hired in by the president because the president has 
made a fourth judicial arm decades ago before any of the other presidents realized what, what they can do, uh, that they've made that possible now. And I think Governor Abbott, uh, la- yesterday, Monday, so whenever you get you know, this podcast go- goes, Texas lost their uh, lawsuit, or the federal government won their lawsuit against Texas. Monday was the deadline. They were supposed to take down all the uh, barbed wire, razor wire blockades, and supposed to allow the Border Patrol to do what they're supposed to do. But we don't know what that entails because the state cannot afford having all these come in and wrecking their infrastructure. So they have no confidence in the federal government to help protect Texas. And that's what Texas is standing on. So there's a lot of things that are creating some serious uh, anxiety with some people and you've got the conspiracy theories, people all up in arms thinking there's a possible going to be a war started just because of the border. Now we have 25 States that are in agreement with uh, governor Abbott and once again, the the federal government's labeling them as uh, far right extreme <laughs> governors and who knows what else. And uh, it's it's hard to put in order what they're trying to do, and it makes no sense whatsoever. But I, I'm all for these people going through the convoy, expressing their opinions, expressing their what they see as a problem. Because it, it affects every single one of us. It affects the truck industry. It affects the manufacturing. It affects the uh, um, farming industry. It, it affects everything. And who knows what that's actually going to look at when it look like when it comes into fruition? Yeah, yeah. One of the parts of this that has really been interesting is i don't know for about 10 years or so i lived in san diego and it's close to the border so i would hear about border issues and things would be on the news and uh, Mm -hmm. it it was just something that was in your consciousness when you live there but then being in colorado i never really heard about it it just wasn't a thing that whatever's going on in texas or arizona or new mexico or california it's just not it wasn't something that was talked about but with the convoy that's going on and some recent conversations i've had there's people here in Colorado that are talking about it because these buses that like governor Abbott and Texas and you know, other, other States are sending, they're sending them to these sanctuary States and it's starting to overwhelm the infrastructure and then it becomes real. So even though we're, I don't know how many thousand miles, 1500 miles away from the border, it's now become real in these landlocked States or these areas that typically don't um, see these issues. And I think that when they were talking about this convoy, might get up to 700,000 people or vehicles, whatever it might be. I think it's starting to, people are taking interests that don't just live near the border or aren't just impacted in the cities or the towns that are right there. And that's where I think a lot of the interest in just how big it could be, or the, the, the new story has come from it's, it's not just a border issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, it, we we live in very interesting times since the last time we talked. Last time we talked, you know, the the Canadian government froze assets to all the people that were part of their uh, the the that trucking organization that that uh, organization that 
started the truck car convoy in Canada. Uh, United States, we tried to do a convoy, but once again, federal government, you know, I don't know what went down with that one. Um, matter of fact, some of the com people that were part of the convoy don't really remember too much what went down, except for the people that organized it. They know what went down. So we'd have to ask them uh, why it just turned into a big drive around the D.C. Capitol. And, uh, but I think for them, they didn't want to shut down anything. They didn't want to make it a big deal. Um, I don't think the, the Canadian, uh, convoy wanted anything to be affecting Ontario, um, their capital, uh, but they were lambasted by their own government. So, um, and I don't think anything was wrong with what they were doing because they were just, they turned it into a big old party until the, until uh, the president would actually seek and talk to him, which never happened. Uh, ours didn't do that either. So ours did a totally, you know, I don't know. They just didn't acknowledge that. I doubt they're going to acknowledge this one too. I don't think it's going to be 700,000 trucks. It would be nice if we, if, if we could all come together, but with the economic times that we have, I don't see it being that large, but, since they are trucks, there'll be RVs, there'll be people other than truck drivers out there. Uh, it will be big enough that it should be on the news. It will be talked about at some point or time. Uh, once again, their message, I believe, is just to be peaceful and just to talk about it. And I think they're hoping maybe some senators, some congressmen will show up and they'll be able to explain their side of what they're seeing on the road. And we can get into what I see on the road every day what's going on out here because it's not just Mexican Mexico or Mexicans, it's Guatemalans, it's Argentinians, it's Chileans, it's Brazilians, it's uh well not necessarily Brazil, but it's it's the very poorest of Central and, and South America. Not to mention we are also getting uh, through the Mexican border, Haitians, Jamaicans, Dominican Republicans, um they're, they're coming along as well. Maybe some Cubans. Uh, Cuban, they can actually legally fly back and forth from Mexico. So that, that's mute. Um, there is, uh, there's quite a few different groups of people that are coming through the borders that, that normally you wouldn't see. Uh, we, there, there's videos of Chinese. There's videos of um, people from India, Pakistan, and uh, Saudi Arabia. That I mean... There, there's all kinds coming through. Uh, I believe, you know, everybody, what they believe in, uh, as far as we hold truth, that this country should be able to take in as many people as we possibly could, give us our tired, our poor, and our hungry. But we've always done it in a way possible that not only protected the United States and its interests, but also protected those um, in case, you know, we had an outbreak or something. It was always legal. We knew the people that were coming in and we educated them on the process of how to become uh, a U.S. citizen. That's not being done in this in this case, unfortunately. Uh, and the, we're letting pretty much anybody and everybody. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it could lead to other issues. And those things probably stir up in the minds of a lot of people that uh you know, have fear in their mind and their heart. Uh, do you, I, yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to ask you in, in your industry and this convoy, have you known people or are people talking about, Hey, I'm going down to San Isidro or Yuma, or I'm going to go to Eagles pass. Like, have you heard people that you may know in, in day-to-day life that are going to go participate? Oh yes, I have. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, trucking clubs that, uh, I've been a part of that are going, um, there's quite a few, um, independents, mostly independents that can afford their own fuel to make it happen. Those are the ones that are doing it. Some of them are actually able to find loads going into San Ysidro and pulling out of San Ysidro into Yuma. So they're all going to make, make, make it work for them as much as possible. So, um, yeah, so I, I do I do know of a few that are going there, and some of them are uh, they're 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 from all walks. They're not just uh, what everybody thinks is racist white people. They're, we've got we've got all walks, and all colors, and all all races. We even have some people that are born in the United States. They're Sikh. They have the the headdress and everything. They're going. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out and what happens during and after and what the news portrays on it. Uh, once again, we don't know what we don't know on this one. one of the, I was watching a YouTube video of, of this topic and I saw in the comment section, somebody had said, I think he was retired. He, he was a driver for like 30 years. And he said, I would have loved to do this when I worked, but I couldn't have afforded to do it because of the money that I would have lost veering off track. Maybe I couldn't find something. I couldn't participate. The only way I could is if the the owner of the company said, Hey, you're going to go do this. Go ahead and go. Is that something that I'm trying, I'm trying to understand myself. And I think maybe some of our listeners are like, is it, how hard would it be just to say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to support this cause. Um, you know, I've got my semi truck. I'm going to head down there. What other factors into it? Like you talked about financial things and the economy and, and, and that kind of stuff, like what could prevent somebody from, even though they want to do it, they can't do it because of X, Y, Z. Well, you think of it this way. <clears throat> if you can come up with a mileage, so go figure how many miles it is from where you live down to uh, Texas. How many miles is that? It's probably, I guess Texas is pretty big. Depends what part. I'd say about 1,500, give or take okay. a little bit. All right, we could be exaggerating on that, but we'll just go with that number. That's 1,500. Uh, some trucks, they'll have two 200-gallon tanks of fuel and probably could do that whole 1,500. But if you times it, well, thank God fuel prices are cheap, but loads load on a load board is not, not forgiving right now. It's very low. Uh, and a lot of these uh, brokers that we have take advantage of drivers that are coming into certain cities that don't have the export value say like phoenix there's no export value they're importing almost 90 percent of their total product and exporting maybe 10 percent if that and when that happens you have all these trucks sitting around waiting to get a load sometimes it's cheaper for them to go to another area where they're where they get a, at least a load that they can break even on rather than sit there and lose money so if you got 200 gallons and you times it by $3 a gallon, that adds up a lot quick, quicker. And then there's also wear and tear that comes through. You may lose a turbo, not even knowing it along the way out. Stuff happens when you're, when you're trucking, man. Uh, and that's why the smart ones have a rainy day fun 
plan in case something does happen to that truck because they, they need to keep going. Uh, I do know on this truck here, I've got two uh, 75 gallon tanks that to fill them up, I'm averaging between four and six hundred dollars of fill up, depending uh, how much fuel that I'm buying and what the price is. I'm just going by the last couple of years. So the cheapest I've seen is four 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 hundred dollars uh, for the fuel up and then six hundred dollars over. Uh, not to mention wear and tear, how many miles you're putting on your tires. It, it could be a huge financial burden looking at it. Not to mention, you still got to get make sure you have insurance for everything. Uh, companies will not allow company drivers to do that unless they're willing to pay for their own fuel to a point. You know, like that, it just it comes. Some companies they might have the loads and they might help get you there somehow, especially if you got a good dispatcher uh, and you know kind of understands what's going on, but it's not going to try and get themselves in trouble, but they can get a load near there. That happens sometimes too. But once again, if the num the numbers aren't there and the money's not there, it's going to take the ones that are willing to sacrifice their time and their income to make it happen. And there, there's avenue for people to uh, help support this. I think the website is, uh, shoot, I got to remember. I believe it's, takeourbordersback.com, I think. What was that one I sent you earlier? Do you remember? I don't off the top of my head. I'm crap recording, so I can't get out of my screen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, <clears throat> I'm sure once you go through the description and you find the, the website, you can post the address for these people, and they can go through the website. They can find the maps. They can find the mission statement. They can find the place to donate if they so desire to donate. They can't make it. At least they can do that. So some of these drivers can make it there that don't really have much in the, in the way, but they're willing to go simply because they're passionate about it. Their heart is into it. So that's that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, I think it's something that we like i know i forget as a consumer like you'd mentioned phoenix and night you know roughly 90 percent of what they get is imported versus their export how dependent much of this country or all of it is on trucking to get goods back and forth and imports exports food things we take for granted every day and if you have all these trucks going to these different areas the kind of changes or disruptions that you'd see because people are passionate about this or passionate about this topic. They want to bring attention to it, which I think is the ultimate goal is to just bring attention to what's going on. So everyone, you know, understands it, but <clears throat> trucking is so crucial to, to, uh, you know, everything we do. And I think, I think that's one of the, one of the big you know, parts of it. Something else I saw, um, just in comments, cause I love to read what viewers are, are saying on these different videos there was a lot of them that were afraid that thought, do I want to go participate in this? You know, what will my employer think? What is the media going to say? So I think it's a very complex sort of situation. Um, how's it going to be portrayed in the media? Some of the things that I watched, it wasn't very positive towards this convoy. Some of it was, so it was very varied. Uh, kind of like you mentioned in Ontario with the bridges and the things that they did and what happened to them and what happened to the donations. Um, whether it was coming from the United States or Canada, how that was handled versus this. And there's just yes. a lot of apprehension with it. Yeah. Well, and, and that's valid apprehension and a, a reason to have some anxiety over it. But once again, 
I, I think what Governor Abbott was saying, you know, I can't if, if I can't rely on the federal government to protect my state, I'm going to do whatever I can to get my state to protect itself. And if Americans want to support that, by all means, let them support that. You know, we're going to always have that's one thing interesting about the United States. Historically, we've always been somewhat divided and misguided in our understanding of things. Before we were even a country, we had people that were still loyal to the crown while we had a, you know, a larger group that was so upset with the crown and the taxation that was going by, coming by from the East India uh, corporation. Was it the East India Empire? I believe it was, it was another corporation through the British government. It was their tea that we dumped out in the beginning. But once again, we've always had that people that were loyal to government, loyal to the crown. And then people that were always skeptical what the government was doing and why it was doing. And there was always some sort of misinformation. It's nothing different than in what is going in now. Now we're a lot smarter. And in some, and at the same time, we're also more naive because of technology too, because we have been manipulated emotionally uh, and not only emotionally, but financially through all the different, uh, different things that have been going on with social media give you everybody my background and if you go back to somebody some of the other videos my main job was coding and developing software that manipulated google search results so if you were looking for say garrett shields and his pure diesel power products that was me i did a lot of work for him that set him up and until covid came through and he had a good couple of years and then covid went now he's had to change different directions so i've done that for a lot of different companies uh, i knew when and after this last election that things were going to change for all of us. That's the reason why I'm in a truck now. It's not because I failed or anything. I just have to know when to move and dodge and change directions because it's not going to be pretty. They're totally manipulating us. They're totally doing all kinds of interesting stuff. And I'm not trying to be um, a soothsayer or uh, any type of person that's going to uh, create uh, any sort of chaos you you do your own due diligence and look at what your own don't believe everything that everything that's being told to you you see what's going on you, you try and find the right thing that's actual factual and go from there uh, I, I you know I, it just things have changed so much now that if you allow things to put fear in your minds and take away what is actually factual nothing's ever going to get done I think that's what's so important with this next election that's coming through, how that's going to either change the economy or further wreck the economy. Who's to say, you know, there's some people with apprehension that we may not get another so-called um, biological warfare attack, like another COVID. Um, who's to say? There's, there's so many what ifs. And I refuse to go down those rabbit holes. I, I, want to see difference in other things and look for opportunities. And right now I'm looking at different opportunities here and seeing what I'm seeing. And until we get things figured out, it's going to be ugly for a while. Um, oh, shoot. And it's, yeah, this is, this is an interesting podcast today, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, if I understand correctly, on the East Coast, they started off Virginia Beach, and then they're going to go down to Florida and then go west over to Texas. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think that side of it gets to Texas on February 3rd. 
Um, so it's something that right now, you know, is, is definitely going on. And I, I wanted to chat with you about those insights and the, you know, the things that you see, and then also get your opinion. And I didn't, I didn't plan on this, but when we were talking before the podcast, you said something on a different subject that really interested me. And I was asking, Hey, you know, what have you been up to? How are things going? And you were talking about trucking on the West coast and some of the challenges that are there. And it's something that we get questions on. And even though we talk about pickup trucks, it seems like a lot of the emission standards or the things that happen or the testing, it starts, you know, in California, but you had said something about not being able to get newer, you know, heavy duty trucks um, in California. I wanted to, to just ask you more about that kind of put you on the spot because I didn't prep you for it, but what, what is going on with the, the truck availability? So Oregon, Washington and California, they have decided to sort of lock arms and be the um, examples for uh, uh, emissions and cleaning up their the things that go on. Uh, granted, folks, diesels in itself, there's a lot of heavy metals. There's, you know, I've, I've had friends that I grew up with that were that my dad were friends with. They all died from cancer of some kind and. Uh, these things, they eventually get to you after a while. And then there's some people that were able to live through it. You know, it, it, it's just the bo- human body is kind of an interesting thing. So that's why I kind of take it all with a grain of salt. But all of those things are there. Everything that's in the exhaust, they talk about, yes, you can test it. It is there. Uh, I don't agree with the diesel particulate filters and all that great stuff because I think that's archaic. Uh, I do agree with the diesel emission, exhaust fluid. Um, but as far as those three states, they caused such an issue and wanting the next, I think it was 2035, uh, they they required another change to diesel emissions on the semi-trucks. Not pickup trucks. Uh, they've, they're already slated for all their changes and what things that they're supposed to meet. But as far as commercial vehicles, because of those changes, the manufacturers are unable to meet that demand. So as far as 2024, which is this year, and maybe possibly next year, there's no new diesel trucks coming into those three states right now. So all the states, so uh, my company, Redding Redding Lumber and Transport, uh, Central Oregon Transport, Systems Transport, uh, Chima, Legend, quite a few different trucking companies on the West coast. Those are ones that are based on the West coast. Those are three different States. I mentioned Uh, a couple of flatbeds and the other ones are dry van or reefer. Mine does all three. They won't be getting new trucks because of the emission standards. Now, if you're a large trucking corporation or you're a trucking corporation outside of the state of California and you happen to operate in California, there's nothing stopping you from getting a new truck. Now, California decided to throw a freaking wrench in the works and put the dog on bullet in their foot again. It's a money grab, folks. Uh, pure and simple. There is no shenanigans, no uh, far left, far right conspiracy theory. It's a money grab. They could care less about emissions. It's all about collecting money. So every two years, these brand new trucks now have to be uh, gone and looked through. One 
good thing, though, that ever happened was the California Trucking Association did win their lawsuit against the California when they were trying to limit 800,000 miles uh, for the age of a truck. So if the truck reaches 800,000 miles, you're not allowed in their ports. They don't want those trucks in their ports. California Trucking Association took it and sued them, along with uh, OIDA, uh, the Organization of Owner Operators. ID, forgot that one. Pardon me, folks. Lambast me later. Not the show. <laughs> uh, for getting that wrong. But those those entities are taking it a step further and suing California more on their egregious uh, standards because it's just not there. And on top of that, that brings in the electric trucks that California has already started to buy. Uh, there was a freeze from Tesla. Now they're starting to take uh, numbers back. I find that quite interesting that they're going to push for more electric trucks, but unfortunately, they're only good for eight hours a day. And some of them are able to do 10, but they're only still good only for eight hours a day, and they're down for the rest. So they're perfect for use in, say, the city. And Frito-Lay and Pepsi, those are not heavy heavy loads. They're not. Um, but for all the regular general freight, they wanted to make a run, say, from Oregon into Central California. It's going to be quite quite the problem because the infrastructure is not ready for them yet. But that may soon change if there's more electric trucks and need for those electric trucks. Till then, most of these ones that are running terminal are running terminal to terminal, uh, making their deliveries that way. Uh, like I said, it only makes sense for electric trucks to be used in the cities. Uh, Cummins is changing up. They're going to pr uh, produce a gas variant, uh, whether it's gasoline or hydrogen. Uh, on the commercial, uh, not the commercial side, but on the personal side, Toyota is going to actually BMW. I have a diesel BMW, by the way, folks. Um, BMW is actually going to scrap their EV and they're going to start looking into hydrogen fuel cars. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going with that. Now, if you guys want to talk about um, driverless semi-trucks, that's here. It, it's been here for the last two years, even though some companies went out of business and stuff. They're still going to push for that because there is a lot of savings by taking the trucker out of the truck. But most of these drivers, on average, if you're a company driver, making anywhere between 48000 to almost 70000 depending on where you're at. And there's some truck drivers are making eighty and 90000 especially if they're running hazmat or working for Walmart, one of the two. Uh, but if they can make a savings by having these trucks go driverless, the freight just went down even further. Um, there's some hurdles. The hurdles are backing into a spot which they can program that and they can have sensors and all kinds of stuff and they will do it perfectly not a problem the other hurdle is severe weather so they may have a slowdown in severe weather simply because well if the highway patrol and all that stuff especially out here in california or state trooper wherever you're at decide they're going to shut down the highway they can set it up where those trucks are already shut down no trucks on that road until it is absolutely positively safe. So that's going to make your freight a little bit longer. However, there's also the deal of uh, having those trucks 
drive a way slower and having automatic traction devices put on. There's some things that they already make that comes down and chains could go through. So a lot of those questions can already be answered by having driverless trucks. And they think it's going to be safer by having these driverless trucks because they will always obey the speed limit and they will always have control. And most of these are large corporations that can afford these trucks. My corp company could not, but if they could, there would be huge savings because they would have control over the speed of the truck when it delivers all that great stuff. But the, your cost, I believe, will not go down because of how expensive and complex those trucks are. Matter of fact, I think it's going to go up, in my opinion, because the amount of software it takes that has to be has to be diagnosed every so often and fixed anytime there's a glitch that could happen, or if there was an accident, there's going to be all kinds of scrutiny on that. So it's not really going to be the savings that they are looking for in the beginning. They're still going to need people that are going to work on these trucks and maintain these trucks. Uh, there's still going to be need for uh, people to load the trucks until the robotic systems are able to load it themselves. So it, it it's it's going to be a hard fight on that until everything has been perfected and they've got the infrastructure set up for all that stuff. It's a hard topic to follow because it's so things move so fast and. I know you're a great resource for, we've talked about lots of different things with carb and diesel pickup trucks. And over the last year, uh, we've on the podcast had some guests on talking about the commercial side, which is really interesting to me because it seems like some of these things hit the commercial side first and then they hit the personal trucks. And it's almost a way to kind of look into the future a little bit and see, you know, what's coming or, or what's going to happen. So when you mentioned that earlier, before, before we were recording, I, I definitely wanted to ask you, and I appreciate you on short notice, you know, sitting down, chatting with me, uh, like I said, I always value your opinions, wanted to know more about things you had heard with the, uh, the, the border convoy. And uh, it'll be definitely interesting to watch, see, and then also I'm going to keep my eye out on what's going on on the West Coast with, you know, EV commercial trucks, driverless trucks, all that kind of stuff. So I appreciate your time, Rustin. It's always a great time to chat with you. I no problem. And once again, people, it does, just because what I spoke is, you know, seems like it's gloom and doom. It's not. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't necessarily agree with half the stuff that's going on. Uh, I don't like taking drivers and workers out of their workplace. So. Thanks again for having me, and I hope you have me again soon, shortly. Uh, there's always something to talk about. There's something new going on. So, and shoot, there's next uh, uh, shoot SEMA show. So let me know. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the NHDRA if possible. Um, so there's lots going on. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on all the different pro uh, platforms. So once again, thank you for having me on. And Diesel Nation, hang on out there. <laughs> Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 2024diesel40 for 40% off MSRP. Great way to save some money, get some cool gear. If you need a new knife for hunting, fishing, EDC around the job site, they've definitely got you covered. There's a whole bunch of different choices for blade shape, blade steels, opening mechanisms, handle designs, and they have a whole product line designed to meet a ton of different budgets. So definitely find something over there.
Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, John, J. Cole, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate all your support here in year eight of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2024. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.